talk man it's been a long time guys i'm sorry for for ghosting y'all listen things been happening in the background and yeah we just have another time but we're here today enough of the excuses we're here today that's what matters of course i'm joined by my two guys and gareth and tawanda as usual and today we've got a special guest my man taf we've been wanting to collaborate with this guy for a while and we finally got him here so taf how are you doing bro i I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. You know, I've never been on a podcast before, so this is definitely something new. Now, what up, bro? Now it's always it's always good having new guests. You know, it's 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 fun. We get to discuss a lot of things. You know, but yeah, um, guys, um, we're here now. It's international break. Um, I don't like international break. I'm not even gonna lie. It's super dry. But yeah, it, it is what it is. We're here now. Um, but yeah, since we're in international break, let's just discuss what, what just happened. Of course, um, before we even get into the European games, we just have to give a shout out to, to Zim for qualifying for the AFCON 2021. So big shout out to them. Hopefully this time they, they can do bits and not disappoint us in going out in the group stages. But yeah, you got our support. Um, and yeah, I think... With that being said, yeah, the international break, guys. Um, how are we feeling? Uh, I'll start off with guys. Uh, how are we feeling, bro? Well, there's not very interesting matches at the moment, but it's good to see if players can replicate their club form during the international break, because that that can be a yardstick for measuring their quality. If you know what I'm saying. I totally get that, bro. I do, I do, I do. I think it makes, yeah, it actually, sometimes actually paints a picture, you know, like for players who aren't really performing at the at their clubs and then they go internationally and they, they're doing bits, it just gets you wondering, like maybe if it's the, the club, the manager, or it's just the player, who knows, who knows. But yeah, I totally get that. How are you feeling about the international break, bro? Be, of course, it's just been a couple of days in, but has there been any particular game or player that has stood out for you? Uh, not really, no. International break, it's, it's not the most interesting, but, you know, football is football. You just get to see a different aspect, you know, of players. You know, some players are in different sort of countries. You know, some players are the stars of their team, you know, very small teams. Some of them integrate into larger groups. So I think you sort of been enjoy you know seeing those sort of different aspects of the game so nothing too interesting from international break do you have a favorite international team um well for a while i've been supporting belgium because you know my favorite player was eden hazard and he was captaining the team at the time unfortunately you know injuries but that's a team i quite resonate with Belgium. same yeah 
but I feel like they could be wasting a golden generation. So this Euros is it for them, or the World Cup. Because such players like De Bruyne and Lukaku, honestly, they need to win something. Yeah, wow. Oh, no, no, you can go, you can go. Um, well, I think so. You know, personally, I believe Belgium should have won, you know, the last World Cup. I think their performance over the whole tournament was better than France's, you know, but France, obviously, they have a fantastic team, fantastic squad, decent manager. So it sort of worked out for them. But I think they have what it takes. But, you know, there's other teams coming up, you know, that we could look at, you know, that I, I have in mind that could actually probably surprise, you know, people in the future or for the next Euros. That's facts, that's facts. I mean, like, especially when you touched upon um, the different types of teams. I mean, this Euros is pretty interesting for me because there are a lot of competitive teams there. You look at England, you look at Germany, you look at Portugal, France as well, Belgium, Italy. So it's like... Italy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so competitive like you can't really say of course they're favorites but you can't really say like now nah, this team is gonna win of course so yes i'm i'm really interested to see what happens especially with belgium because i don't know i've always had a soft spot for belgium like what you're saying with aiden Hazard, he's one of my favorite players of all time so it's like i really wanted him to win the 2018 world cup but um it just couldn't happen so i'm just hoping that at least um this Euros, he's fit, you know. Um, you know, yeah, true. Because when he's fit, for me, he's, I know people always disagree, but for me, when he's fit and fine, he's the top five best players in the world, so. Yes, I think, you know, up there with the name, uh, the Kevin De Bruyne, you know, the Lewandowski's, I think he's not just a sort of different talent that we don't see these days, you know. A lot of players, you know, we have these stat-based players, but, you know, Hazard was someone who always just wanted to enjoy the game or to make the fans enjoy the game. So, you know, when you have those sort of players, you know, you don't you don't get them as often as we used to. So, you know, they're also part of a generation that are sort of dying away. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I do, I do. Even Tondo was even saying Croatia. I mean, yeah, Croatia still got some ballers, not going to lie. Not going to lie. Of course, I think most of their team is aging now, but they, they have a chance. But now, I, I totally agree with Jeff was saying, especially like now you find that um, the game is full of stats. It's all GAs and whatnot. People aren't really watching the game of football, you know. So it's like, whoa, whoa in this era now where numbers are more important than actual performances. So, yeah, um, I, I'm on even lie. I think I don't really watch international football, but I think this Euros, I'm just going to watch it because, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But moving on from the Euros, um, moving into European competition, club competition, UEFA Champions League. And, of course, we're a bit late, guys. Sorry about that, but we had the draw last week, and it was a pretty interesting draw. We're all Chelsea fans here, um, so we're just going to start off with Chelsea and the draw we were given, FC Porto, um, and our side consists of Liverpool and Real Madrid. So, 
Um, Taf, what do you think about our draw? Do you, first of all, I'm going to ask you, what do you think about our draw? And secondly, do you think we can win the Champions League this season? In short, yes. I think we can win the Champions League. I think we've been given a favorable draw. I don't want to say it's an easy draw because, you know, it's the Champions League. You know, every team that's reached the quarterfinals, you know, they deserve to be in the quarterfinals. So I don't think it's a draw we should take lightly. But, you know, when you look at Thomas Tuchel, I think, you know, he's not taking complacency at the moment. And that's the nature, you know, of his job as a Chelsea manager. I don't think he has space to even be complacent. So I think it's just an all or nothing game. I think we have to win that game. And otherwise, I think our side of the draw, it's, it's, it's good. You know, Liverpool aren't in the best of shape, you know, but they still could do something on the European stage. Real Madrid, you know, they've got that pedigree about them as well. They're not doing as well as they used to, but... You know, they've got a lot of characters and, you know, they a lot of them tend to pull up for these type of games. So I think we have to take it with caution, but I think it's definitely, you know, a good draw. We managed to avoid City, PSG and Bayern unless we get to the final. So, yeah, that, that's what I think. The draw is pretty interesting. From... From my end, I personally do think I agree with Taf that the draw is very favorable to us. But in that sense, we shouldn't be complacent. I think um, many people didn't expect Porto to beat Juventus, but here we are. They they did the job and credit to them. So I think from a Chelsea fan perspective, like I'm happy with the draw. I think we can um take we can beat Porto. We should be able to beat them, but we shouldn't underestimate them. And yeah, I mean, I look at Liverpool, I look at Real Madrid. Liverpool haven't been the, the Liverpool of last year or the last three seasons, so they're there for the taking. We saw when we even played them at Anfield that they, they weren't the same. You know, they looked dis- dysfunctional, disorganised. And I mean, just to give them a little bit of sympathy, they've had injuries, but at the same time, you know, um, they haven't really adapted to, to the situation. So I think they're there for the taking. And with Madrid, I mean, yeah, listen, Madrid will always be Real Madrid. They have the European pedigree. They are, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, won the title 14 times, 13? I'm not sure. But they have the European pedigree. So with them, it's always going to be a difficult game. But I think it's a good chance for us to to get to the final. And who knows, you know, in a cup competition, one-off game, I think we can take out anyone, you know, in a one-off game. So, yeah, it'll just depend how... Oh, it all plays out and how it goes. But I think we do have a good chance of, of going all the way. And yeah, we'll see what happens um, in the end. You know, it's going to be an interesting, interesting last couple of weeks and months in the Champions League. You know? I agree. But yeah, but yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah, and then just moving on. Sorry. Um, Moving on from the Champions League, we talk about that, the other side of the draw and the, the group of death, or should I say the, the line of death, you know, um, Bayern versus PSG, Man City versus Borussia Dortmund. I mean, I don't know. For me, I think that side is really tense. I'm looking at that 
in that line, I'm just thinking, wow, whoever wins that should feel confident of winning the Champions League. I don't know about you guys, but that's just how I feel, you know? Yes, especially, you know, if PSG, you know, can overcome, you know, Bayern, they can probably overcome any team. Um, if City also get past the quarterfinals, you know, for the first time in a while, they'll, they'll show they they mean business this time. Also, you know, Dortmund, they're not doing well in the league, but I think, you know, they, they could cause problems. You know, we always have these teams that tend to cause problems. You know, in the Champions League, you know, they've got Haaland and Sancho and Reyna and Dorgan Hazard and Brandt and, you know, they've got all these players that can hurt you. Their defense is, it's not the best, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'll, I'd be lying if they say, if I say they've got a fantastic defense, but I think, you know, on two off games, you know, if they focus, they can really try and hurt a team, but I still fancy, you know, Man City making the semifinals on that side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still fancy Man City. I mean, Man City have been have been strong. And just to own up, uh, honestly, the if you ask me this in October, November, when City were out of form, out of like City, um, doing the quadruple, doing anything in the Premier League, Champions League, I'd have told you a line. But credit to them, I think Pep has done a, a fantastic job as always. He's gotten the right pieces to fit in his puzzle. He's got the defense. His attack is firing. So City could really do something. And Dortmund, listen, I'm a, I'm a Dortmund fan. Um, so I, I know that, yeah, it's a it's a pretty tough game. And our defense is really not that great. But on our day, we can hurt anyone. So it's going to be an interesting game, that one. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if City can, can go past and break their hoodoo of the quarterfinals. Because we've often seen that this is the point in time where Pep decides to complicate things and try out things that, you know, he's never tried before. And often it has come back to, to bite him in the, in the arse. So, yeah, um, it'll be an interesting game, a very open game. Bayern, PSG, yeah, that's going to be a, a cracker. Um, the, the repeat of the Champions League final. So it's going to be a, a Mazza. Personally, I'm hoping that PSG can beat Bayern just because I don't like Bayern Munich. So, um, yeah, I'm just hoping they could do something there. And also just to see just to see Neymar shine. And, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. We'll see how that one goes. But, yeah, no, Champions League is going to be fire this season. It's going to have a fire ending. So, guys, let us know who's going who's gonna to win the Champions League. And, yeah, just to segue into the next topic, I know, back to the Premier League, and, of course, we haven't seen Premier League fully in about two weeks unless you support Arsenal, Tottenham, or whatever, but we're not Tottenham or Arsenal fans in this group. Thank the Lord. But um, <laughs> we there was the FA Cup last weekend, and, yeah, teams qualified. Chelsea through to the next round against Man City, Southampton versus Leicester. I mean, yeah, Leicester beating Man United. Um, just a small disclaimer, Man United fans, this is, we don't do this on purpose, you know. When we record, it's not like we we do this when Man United loses, it's just that it's a timing thing, you know. So please don't come at us and saying I'll only record when, when United loses. It's not even that deep. But 
Yeah, um, Leicester versus Man United. Leicester come to beating Man United 3-1. And yeah, um, what are you guys' thoughts on... I'll, I'll start with you, Chuck. What are your thoughts on, on Man United? I know we're Chelsea fans, so we're speaking from an outside perspective. So what are your thoughts on Man United? Do you think that Ole is the guy for them? Do you think he needs more time, as they say? Or you think they're not going to go anywhere with them as their manager? I... Frankly, in any, you know, perspective, I don't rate Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I've, I've got a lot of Man United friends, you know, I've got a smaller group of mine, you know, we talk a lot and one of them is a Manchester United fan. And I'm, it, it sort of annoys me to see the state, you know, United in because growing up watching football, you know, when I was a Chelsea fan, you know, we always had that sort of rivalry with United, you know, we're not from the same city by any chance, but, you know, they were a rival and, you know, I would like to see them be more competitive. I think Ole is not the man. He has this sort of luck, but it's he's not leading them anywhere. You know, they're not really progressing. Sure, they're second in the league, but they probably might not even hold on to that position anyway. It, you just look at the football they play. They don't really have an identity of any sort. You know, I know they play on the counter, but they have no patterns of play, you know, it's passed to Bruno and hope he does something. And, you know, I know Bruno seems to be in great form, but, you know, he's, he's scoring and assisting. But I, I would like to see him, you know, play a better quality of football. I think there's more he can do, you know, more to his game. Instead of, you know, you know shooting until he scores, through ball until he assists. I just, I just don't think it's looking good for United in the future. Also, it's not only the manager, you know, they've also got issues with the board, you know, they don't have the best board. They recently hired um, a new technical director. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see what direction they take as a club. But I'd like to see more from United. I'd like to see more from Ole. I'd like to see more from their players. You know, also, it, it's, it's just complicated at United. It looks fine on paper. But when you look into things, it, it's it's difficult for Man United. Yeah, I mean, even just speaking from an outsider's view, like I always ask Man United fans, like whether they're they're happy with Ole because, um, you know, yeah, for me, I think sometimes you know it's this thing of him being seen as a legend of the club, you know. Like, I don't see a difference between what he has done and what Jose has done because Jose came second with an arguably worse team than Ole's team. But mm -hmm. yet, he was slated by the fans because he wasn't competing for the title. Fast forward three years later, and Ole's in the same, Ole's in the same position, but he's got a way better team. He signed the players that he has wanted. Yet... Man United fans consistently say, give him time, give him time. That's all I hear. As Chelsea fans, we can also say that, yes, we were there with Frank Lampard. I, I don't want to talk mm -hmm. about Frank Lampard, but we were there with Frank Lampard. We got all these players, all these world-class quality players who are potentially mm -hmm. world-class, apart from maybe Thiago Silva, who's already at his prime, and, and Ziyech. But we were all these players. And some people keep saying, give this man time, give, keep this man time. 
you can always give people time when you can see there's okay the end goal is this there's this in mind the vision is like this but if there's no vision to that am i supposed to give this person time when i know i can sack him and get a better manager you know and that's how i see with ollie like for me i've never rated him like what i've never really seen the hype i honestly think that he got the job simply because he stuck out his foot in 1999 that's it personally to speak on that, you know, quickly, sorry to interrupt. No, there's, there's been a certain trend, you know, for, I don't know where it came from, you know, of hiring legends, you know, and I think it's a trend I don't want to see continuing, you know. We, we also happen to be a victim of the trend, but, you know, we're not talking about Frank Lampard. You know, even look at Juventus, you know, they're hiring Perlo, and, you know, they said Sari, who won the league, Sure, they didn't hire him to win the league. But, you know, you, with Sari, you know what you're going to get. You you know what type of football is going to come. Goals are going to come. Solidity. You know, there's an identity. But when you hire someone like Perlo, I believe when Perlo was hired, he hadn't even finished writing his, you know, his exams yet. You know, he, was, he wasn't fully qualified yet. And, you know, it was his first job, you know, the size of Juventus. Now they're battling for top four. You know, you know, usually it's given that they win, you know, the Serie A, but now that's not the case. And then recently, Xavi Alonso was, you know, given the Borussia Mönchengladbach job. So I just wonder why all these legends are just being given a job. You know, I know it's worked sometimes, but I think sometimes, you know, they also need to work their way up. There's always different options. I just... It's not a trend I would like to see continue. Facts, facts. But don't you think it also goes down to the fact that most of the young players now grew up watching these guys? Like, look at, for example, um, with Lampard, most of these Mason Mount, Reese James, all the academy boys from Chelsea grew up watching them. Don't, so don't you think that maybe clubs look at, like, if we can get that connection, you know, they looked up to this guy. So maybe um, they were like, oh, yes, I'm playing for this guy. So I can't let my my standards drop because he played at a high level. So don't you think that also has some effect to it? I think that aspect, you know, it's, it's an important aspect, you know, but you just also have to look on like that's an out of the field aspect but you have to you play most most of the footballs you know the talking's done on the field at any given time you know during lampard it was fun you know it was always fun saying uh lampard you know he's our legend we're winning the games you know uh, you know we have got our our greatest ever player managing the club but you can't ask me at any given time and you ask me you know what tactics are Chelsea playing? You know, what's Chelsea's identity? You know, what are they doing? You know, it was it was exciting, you know, in theory. But, you know, you look at Chelsea, we're not a team that should be wanting to battle top four or, you know, settle for top four or just settle for FA Cup final. We should be doing more. And, you know, those patterns of play, they're, they're, they're essential. So I think, I think, the legends they can come, but they can come when they have experience. Like if, if if Lampard, you know, managed other teams, you know, for five, six, seven years, 
and you know he came to Chelsea, I think the outcome would have been far better than it was, you know, currently. Yeah, and even just touching upon where you said experience, I think that's one thing that was that was that was his down for, you know, the experience of whether he could get us out of the, the Chelsea rut, you know. I mean, you look at all these other top managers and when they're in a situation where they've gone five, four losses on the bounce, the board can easily say, okay, cool. Uh, we've seen this guy doing it before at previous clubs, so therefore he can do it here. But I think with Lampard, experience played a massive, he's inexperienced, sorry, played a massive part in his downfall. And yeah, I mean, we, as I said, we don't want to talk too deeply about about Lampard, but yeah, I think experience is key. I mean, Steven Gerrard at Rangers, he's he's gone there. He's done a fantastic job. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, they haven't lost a game this this season, right? Yeah. In, in their league. Yeah. Not in the league. Yeah, in their league. They haven't, they haven't. Yeah, sorry. Uh, could I just add a point in yeah. that if you must take it from a player's point of view, it's easy to look at it from a fan's point of view, but as a player who has spent your whole entire career at one club or in the game of football, surely you kind of deserve an opportunity to coach one of these big clubs because you always hear the argument of why players go broke after playing football. One of those reasons is that they're not given uh, ample opportunity to reinvest themselves or learn or coach to get back into the game. That's how I see it. Yeah, and I I totally get that, bro. I think I totally get that. I think everyone after their career deserves an opportunity to to manage, you know, and to to do all the things apart okay, just to to stay in the game of football without doing too much. But I think, you know, sometimes what I've seen now is like not everyone can be a manager, you know. I've, we've seen it with, with Henri. Henri is one of the greatest players of all time, but then he's not a good manager. And that's just how it is. He was given an opportunity at Monaco and you didn't do too well. So, I mean, sometimes you don't have to be a manager. Um, if you want to stay in the game of football, you can look at other people, look at people like, Czech, Maldini, Nedfet, all these guys, they were they're not managers, but then they went into administrative roles, you know, just to stay in the game. Even fitness coaches, you know, coaching at the youth academy, stuff like that, you know, it doesn't have to be a top job. Hmm. It can be one of these. But the argument jobs. still applies though, that they are still being handed jobs. They could be someone who's worked through the youth club, who spent 10 years or so waiting for that opportunity, but then some player just comes in and takes that role without any experience. So whatever level you talk about, there's still that um, nepotism in the club, in the hiring. Yeah. I think it has to be taken with a grain of salt. I think, you know, they should be presented with these opportunities but you also just have to evaluate your options you know if there's a you know the let's say the best set piece coach is available you know in the world is available and then you have you know uh your 
you know, your club's legendary centre back coming in who used to score headers, you know. I think you need to evaluate your options sort of thing because if you have someone who's known who can take you to the, you know, to the next step, I think that's the option you should go for because, you know, the club is also a brand. You want the club to be doing its best when you can. And also, you look at... I think it's they have to learn the trade first before they get you know the job because it can be detrimental. So it's 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 a it's not an easy discussion, but I think it's 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 a it's a very interesting one to have. For sure, for sure. Um, I think this should be a whole topic on its own. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I think this should be like a full episode just discussing this because. We can do this the whole day and just share each other's knowledge, you know. So, um, but yeah, now, um, guys, as I said, let us know in the comments what you think about this. Um, I think we should label it the topic of why this trend of head coaches or former players getting the job. I don't know if that's the, the right term or title. You guys can decide for me. But, uh, but yeah, just to round it off, I'll just do a, some quick fires, you know. Um, player of the season, PFA player of the season, Taf, one person. One person. Mm-hmm. Ruben Diaz. Ooh, okay. Gaz, what are you saying? Gundogan. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Harry Kane. I think we'll, we'll split it like I was that. thinking Harry Kane as well, but I think I think Ruben Diaz for the sole fact that he he effectively changed the city team, you know, the way they were, you know, from what they were a few a few months ago even. I think the the week before uh Diaz came and the and the weeks after the they felt like two completely different teams but you know on a footballing perspective Harry Kane has been scintillating he's been fantastic you know everywhere so I think he he, he comes into the conversation as well all right all right okay so yeah good guys Diaz Tav says Diaz I said Kane and Gaz says um Gundogan Tawanda says Bruno so okay so that's PFA player of the year. Who do you guys think is gonna win the Euros? I'll start with Gaz. <laughs> that's such a hard question, but I think I'm just gonna go with Germany. I think the right players are hitting form at the right time. Bayern is as strong as ever. They've got a good core of Kimmich and Gundogan and uh, Goretzka. Just from top to bottom, they have no weaknesses. They just have to get the coaching right. And in the tournament, with his so little games, I think they are on the right track. Yeah, okay. Taf, what are you saying? I'm I'm going to be cheeky with this. I'm going to say Italy. You know, I think Italy. Man, uh, said Italy. A, a dark horse because <laughs> so. No, let me give you my... If you look at Italy, you know, first of all, I, I believe Mancini is coaching them. And also, if you look at them from top to bottom, they've been fantastic. I don't believe they lost a game in their Euro qualifiers. They scored so many goals 
you know, their defense, you look at their midfield, they have such a, a nice midfield, you know, Verratti, Barella, Jorginho, you know, their, their back line is solid, they've got a fantastic keeper, up top they have Immobile, they have Chiesa, I'm not sure if Zaniolo will make it in time, but they've, they've got a solid team, they've got a solid coach, they, they've got the right mix of of experience, you know, and you know, tactical news. But I think Italy are a dark horse, and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll I'll give Italy. Also, I think they're in the Nations League finals. I know we don't talk about it, but I think you know they're they're quietly going about their business. Yeah, solid, solid. Okay, Italy, Italy. Ooh. for me, I don't know. I would like to say. No, I'm just gonna go the safe one. Germany. Um, I think Germany is um they've got the players to do it. Um, when half of the players play for Bayern Munich, you know the chemistry is gonna be lit. So and yeah, I think with this being Lowe's last tournament, he will want to leave with a trophy and the players will probably want to play for him so that he wins that trophy. So yeah, I'm just gonna go with Germany. Tanda says Spain is a dark horse. I mean, yeah, Spain is a dark horse, but Spain haven't been Spain since I don't know 2010. So. I think they're really transitional right now. I think it's quite a transitional period for for them. But they've got like good youngsters, you know, good youngsters, and they still have some of their old folk. But I think it's a transition for them. You know, it's they're still trying to get the right pieces together. I'm not sure if they'll get it together in time. Maybe for the World Cup next year, but. As of now, I think they're still trying, you know, to get the correct pieces together. And, and also they, they need to learn not to pass for the sake of passing. You know, they need to get that lethal touch right. That's the reason they got knocked out the last time. And I think I was watching them yesterday and against Ukraine. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, and they did the exact thing. So I think they need to sort of be lethal and get their pieces together. But they, they they could, you know, they've got the players, they've got the experience in players like Ramos. And I think they could be a dark horse as well. Hundreds, hundreds. So, yeah, once again, we all have different, well, me and Gaz are the same ones. Both of us are Germany. Taf is Italy. And Tanda says Spain. All right, so you guys have heard it. And finally, this is completely different from football, guys. But Formula One is back this weekend. I just want to hear three quick predictions. Who's going to win the championship this year? Who's going to be the surprise driver of this year? And, okay, I'll just leave it at two because three, I was going to say who's going to be constructors, but I think we all know who's going to win that one. So um, I'll say mine first. I think championship is going to Max Verstappen. And surprise driver is going to be, I think, either Perez or... Who else is there? Who else is there? Now I'll just leave it at Paris. So Red Bull. Um, Taf, do you watch Formula One? I have one fan. Well, interestingly, I do not watch Formula One, but my younger brother, he's an absolute fan of it, fan of it. So I, I pick up things here and there. And I think, you know, I I can also, you know, say Verstappen, you know, because that, that's his favorite driver. So that's that's all I can say on this topic. So yeah. All right, Max Verstappen. Guess what are we saying, bro? Obviously, Lewis is going to win the championship. No surprise there. And um, the breakthrough drive the season. I think Daniel Ricciardo can 
revive himself this season. Yes. That's my prediction. He's a McLaren. For God. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo is a good shot. Ricardo is a good shot. I think, yeah, Hamilton will probably... Personally, what I want to see is Hamilton win the title, he retires, leaves it at eight, and then the young guns can, can go and, and fight it out, you know. That's what I want. Why would he retire? Because he's, he's on eight, bro. <laughs> Until he's done. He's going to be Jordan of the sport, right? Bro. Then there'll be no arguments. He has nothing else to prove, really. He has smashed everything there. He's just left with one more thing, and he's done. Like, seriously, what's there to prove anymore? Honestly. So that's that's what I want to see. But yeah, um, you guys, if you're F1 fans as well, let us know um, what you guys think about the predictions and about this whole topic we've had. Um, but yeah, um, that comes to the conclusion of our episode this week, guys. Once again, we're sorry for for ghosting. Um, we'll try to release content every week or every two weeks. So yeah, just just bear with us. But I'd like to say thank you to Taf for coming on and smashing it, bro. Thank you for coming on and just sharing with us your thoughts and opinions. Um, you've been a great guest. Uh, we'd really love to have you here, man. And hopefully you can come back here again soon. Uh, thank you for having me. I've never collaborated before. It's something very new for me. Um, I enjoyed talking, you know. Uh, also, I'm going to be cheeky, but uh, can you guys, you know, Subscribe to my channel, Tap FC, if you want to see football, you know, videos. I'm going to be releasing a video this week as well. And yeah, if this, hopefully we can collaborate more in the future. I'm always welcome to any time. You guys heard it there. We'll put all his stuff, all his links in our description, guys, on our social media, on our Instagram. We'll put it in our LinkedIn, wherever. We'll put all these descriptions in our in our bios but yeah thank you so much and until next time guys stay safe have a nice and god bless